welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri, writer and editor at For the Win. With me, as always, Stephen Ruiz, head NFL writer, and Evan Thorpe, video producer. Guys, what's up? What's happening? I want to be referred to as Professor Stephen Ruiz from now on, <laughs> by the way. You want to pick and choose your title? Yeah, I spoke to a class at univer- at the University of Maryland yesterday. How to Troll 101. How to Troll 101. How to get in Twitter Beef 101. I gave him some good tips. Go after verifi- verified I... people only. Don't waste your time with unverifieds. How good gifts ready. Good gifts ready. I shudder to think at what you have taught the youth of America. My overall theme was that I'm I'm not that smart. So if I was able to learn how to like make graphics and stuff, then you should be able to. There's no excuse for your failure, considering that I'm a success. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, we have a lot of fun stuff on the show today. Steven's going to get into some fallout from the NFL draft. I have some hockey stuff that I want to talk about, not just the Carolina Hurricanes and their kind of remarkable run of success, but what's happening with the women's hockey leagues in North America as well. And then... I know what you're really waiting for. We're going to wrap it up with our Avengers Endgame thoughts. Uh, so just brace yourself for that and be prepared for spoilers. I was about to say spoiler warning now. You've been warned. You have been warned. Do not keep listening past the sports stuff if you do not want to hear Endgame thoughts. We all died. <laughs> all right, Stephen, what's the fallout from the draft? Uh, take us through it. Uh, I guess we'll start with the first pick. The Cardinals took Kyler Murray, as we all expected, and that made Josh Rosen expendable. And then that just launched a million hot takes because he unfollowed the Cardinals on Instagram and Twitter. And I think the the most notable hot take was Steve Smith, who kind of just went on this like three minute long rant about how Josh Smith isn't doesn't want to compete, how he's just taking his ball and going home, how he should get off Twitter and get in the weight room. Steve Smith, former uh, Carolina Panthers and Baltimore Ravens, just so people don't mistake me for Stephen A. Smith. Or Steve Smith from the Giants, yeah. who also got a lot of hate tweets. Because <laughs> Steve Smith of the Panthers, the one that did the rant, he isn't on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So the other Steve Smith got all the hate. But, yeah, that, I mean, he deserves hate. He At first, he I think he got a lot of like support. Like There was a lot of people that were like retweeting the video and saying, yeah, good for Steve Smith. But then more sensible people were like, no, this isn't good. Like Josh Rosen should, he should be mad. He should unfollow them from, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Cause if you look at their accounts, it was just Kyler Murray, all of this but, Kyler Murray stuff. And they changed their Twitter handle to the cards got Kyler or something like that. Okay. But, but wasn't this a given Kyler Murray was going to go number one? I mean, it wasn't set in stone. It was like people expected it to happen. Yeah, so it was it not actually a, happened. But it was, it was, was not a surprise. Shot. But the Cardinals were denying it the whole time. Mm-hmm. They even, even from their Twitter account, at one point they were like, I know you guys are having fun with the speculation, but Josh Rosen is our guy. And it had like a quote from the coach. So, so yeah. You, do you think Josh Rosen actually believed any of that stuff? He said in an interview that he did believe it up until about like, 24 hours before the draft then wow. he started to realize because he was showing up they had OTAs and he was showing up every day to work seems a little naive on Josh Rosen's part I'm not gonna lie but it's so crazy because there you know how Instagram is uh, about what three pictures per row and you can probably see like four columns on somebody's timeline yes if, if you go 
if you went to their Instagram page, it was all Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. Within, like, a matter of what, couple hours, it was just all Kyler Murray. So I can see why somebody want to undraft that because that's probably one of the first things he sees when he gets on Instagram. The, the analogy a lot of people have used that I've seen is, like, imagine your ex's Instagram just being pictures of her new boyfriend or his new girlfriend or yeah. whatever. You'd unfollow that. Of, of course, course you would. Of course you would unfollow that. Like, it, it, there's... It is very clear that there is no place left for him in that organization. What else is he supposed to do? Yeah, I think, and he said this. He said, I wanted to compete. I just realized they weren't going to give me a realistic shot to compete. They drafted this guy number one overall. Yeah. They're not going to give me a chance. They're going to start him no matter what. Yeah. I was just upset with Steve Smith, who I grew up a Panthers fan. He was my fa- He's my favorite NFL player ever. I still like him for what he did on the field. But now that he's been an analyst, I've, you know, I – the worst thing that's happened is him becoming an analyst because you just see how he really acts. But he went in the Panthers GM, who is now the Giants GM, and we're going to talk about him later, Dave Gettleman, who's a verified crazy person now. But he questioned, he said, uh, yeah, we're going to consider Steve Smith's posi- uh, spot on the roster because Steve Smith was getting older. And when he said that, Steve Smith immediately demanded his release. Oh, God. So you can't talk about competing and earning your spot when you've been in the same spot and you acted even worse than Josh Rosen is because Rosen never said anything publicly. Yeah, he has he has no leg to stand on, basically, in this, considering that he bailed himself when somebody asked him to be competitive and he wasn't exactly but now from you know the the high horse of an analyst he is allowed to about josh rosen (laughs) getting vulgar that woke me up (laughs) anyway what else is happening what else is the fallout from the draft uh daniel jones and david gettle dave gettleman now i would like to say that Stephen and I did a, a nice little preview of Daniel Jones before the draft. Mm-hmm. And I think that the New York Giants watched our video and felt <laughs> that they should draft him with the sixth overall pick. I'm not going to lie, some of the best work we did as a, uh, a tandem in video. And I, I, I like to say that we influenced them to pick him. <laughs> Well, if I was in their their war room or whatever, I would not. I would have said, do not pick him at six. I would have traded down and taken him. But. I think there's a lot of fallout from this. Everyone's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they picked this guy. And this is a little weird to say about a, a white Duke quarterback. <laughs> I wrote when in my defense of the pick. I didn't really defend the pick, but I said, like, Jones isn't that bad. I said if there was a mass – if white privilege needed a mascot, a, Duke, a white Duke quarterback wouldn't be a bad choice. <laughs> But I'm going to say he's being discriminated against, I feel like, because you see this big, tall, white guy. He's like the prototype quarterback, the guy you think of. Yeah. How is he being discriminated against? Because people are putting him in that box, and I don't think he's that. A lot of people are saying, oh, he's like Eli Manning. They basically went and drafted another Eli Manning. He's not. He's like a great athlete. He ran for 190 yards in one game. He had like two 50-yard touchdown runs. Eli Manning can't run five yards. <laughs> like He's not Eli Manning. If anyone's Eli Manning, it's Dwayne Haskins. But you're not going to see that comparison because he's black, and you never see cross-race comparisons. I don't know enough about this issue to comment on it. I feel like I would have to do more research to have an opinion. I will say I'm not surprised that the Giants didn't pick Haskins. I mean, they started their first black quarterback, what, two years ago they were the last team the last team to do it so I didn't think they were going to draft Haskins I think if they were to draft somebody one of the top defensive linemen first and then draft Jones with that late first round pick 
it wouldn't be such a big deal. But the fact that they picked him six is that's the problem. That's the problem. But if he was like the twelfth pick, I would have been fine with it. Yeah. In your opinion, who won the draft? I'll say the Cardinals. I say Redskins. I yeah, the Redskins had a great draft, especially at the top of the draft. But the Cardinals had they had a lot of picks. They had like eleven picks, and that's how you win the draft because no team is good at picking like draft drafting players year in and year out. It's really just a crapshoot. So the more picks you have, right. the better chance you have of getting a lot of people. And they drafted a lot of people whose names I've heard of, and that's basically <laughs> that's how you judge picks yeah. on like the second and third day. I would say uh, I look at it as who you get in those first rounds because those are the guys who are going to make the immediate impact, and they got a quarterback for the future, and they got a, a defensive player who could contribute. And the Redskins were a good team last year before injuries happened, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're like a 500 team this year. It pains Evan a lot to I, compliment. The I don't. Redskins. I was. I don't. Was. I was just gonna say I can't say anything nice about the Redskins, so I'm glad you guys can. That, that's the only thing I would say nice about the Redskins. Uh, they did a good job. Um. All right. Any other NFL draft thoughts? You're gonna go into the off season. I don't even know what you're gonna do with your time. Ain't no off season in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more stuff. It's just more stuff. Um. Honestly, the one thing we are gonna hit pause on is. The domestic violence issue like i just i don't want to talk about it today yeah is that okay with you guys that's fine with me and of course there's more news about it with tyreek hill but yeah there's more news about it with tyreek hill and i will say that i know we talk about these things on the podcast and we will move the conversation forward at a later date but we're hitting pause on it because we talked about it last week um and sometimes you just have to give yourself a break from that can i take a victory lap real quick though i it, it, i mean it's bad to do but <laughs> After the Kareem Hunt thing happened, yeah. and we talked about it on the podcast, I wrote about Tyreek Hill, and I had a bunch of Chiefs fans in my mention saying, oh, he's worked to make himself better. He's doing. He's a better person now. He's improved. Just, give, all, just yeah. give it time, and they'll just, prove you wrong. They all owe you an apology. Um, so, yeah, this is just my way of saying that sometimes you got to take a break from the heavy stuff, and we're going to do that today. So the one thing that I do want to talk about that just uh, kind of happened to today this is uh, Thursday morning um so every not every single women's hockey player in North America but a large amount of very talented women's hockey players uh, in North America have said that they will not play for any pro leagues uh, uh in North America so if you're not familiar with women's hockey there are two really big pro leagues the Canadian League and the uh, North American League which is based out of the United States uh, and the Canadian League last month had to shut down their operations, and the NWHL, uh, National Women's Hockey League, is run so poorly and has been beset with financial troubles that there's really no conducive way for this to work. And basically all the women who could potentially play professional women's hockey have decided to go on strike as a way to force the hand of the NHL to like actually invest in a pro women's hockey league. I think this is a bold move because basically the women are calling the NHL out on their promise. Like the NHL keeps saying, Oh, we really support women's hockey players, but they haven't done anything to support women's hockey players. They gave $50,000 to each of the leagues to help support women's hockey players. Like when you consider the millions and millions of dollars that the NHL brings in, fifty thousand dollars is is nothing. What's that like? A pair of shoes for each player? Yeah, I mean, it, and it boils down to to pittance. 
So this, I think, is incredibly bold. It's basically they're saying boycotting that until they get actual support, they're not going to play. And they've basically called the bluff of the NHL. So if the NHL keeps saying we support women's hockey players, but they're not doing anything to actually support them, this is this is their chance. I'm like admittedly ignorant on this subject, but it's hard for the NHL to even say that they're supporting women's hockey when there's a model already in place with the NBA, how they support the WNBA. Yeah. Yeah. They really support the WNBA, even when it even if it's not making money, they're still going to, you know, fund the league. So the NHL has said in the past that we don't want to get in the middle of the CWHL, the Canadian Women's Hockey League, and the NWHL. But now there is no Canadian League. The players have said that they're not going to play for the NWHL. So basically the road is totally clear for the NHL to step up and say, okay, we're going to do this. And if they don't do it, then, you know, then they can't say that they're promoting women's hockey. How surprised are you, like, will people be when – the NHL doesn't do anything. Uh, I think it's going to become a real issue because there was a moment during the NHL All-Star game this season where they had women's hockey players compete in some of the skills rounds. And that was their way of saying, oh, we support women's hockey players. But like, it's so superficial. It doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's the I have a black friend. Yes. (laughs) It's the I have a black friend of hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're in our All-Star competition. Uh, anyway, so we'll see what's happening with that. And I appreciate you guys letting me talk about women's hockey for a while. <laughs> no, no, I mean, we're doing our part. Yeah. <laughs> this is our version of we have a black friend. Or I don't know. Evan has a white friend. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know how that works for Evan. I guess Evan has a has a white friend. Um, all right. The part of the podcast that I know everybody's dying to get into. Our thoughts on Avengers Endgame. Now, before people say anything... I, we're going to have a very structured conversation about this because it has the ability to go totally off the rails. So the first question that I want to ask, and Evan goes first, and then Steven, is initially, what are your thoughts on the film? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Did it live up to the hype? So the first 24, I, uh, I would say the initial response to the movie, like right after I finished, I was like, oh my God, it's a great movie. And then... Uh, I want to say the first 12 hours, I started questioning some things. <laughs> and it, was, it wasn't like big question, but then like after 24 hours, I came to the conclusion for what it had to do, which was basically sum up 21 movies, and you give six, seven, eight play- characters, like this is their last big moment. I thought it was phenomenal. I, I gave it an A. Mm-hmm. I have some things that I don't like about it. I think they did – they didn't – they didn't improve Thanos. They didn't really build on his character. And I feel like a lot of people didn't like it because, like, they had to build up a lot of stuff from mm-hmm. what happened to Infinity War. And yeah. you think about the time jump and all that. I thought it was a good movie. I don't. I couldn't watch it again in theaters. Okay. We'll get to that in a second. Steven, I want to know your thoughts. I'm going to give it a B. Okay. I have a lot of the same thoughts as Evan. I thought it was... I thought I'm it was, surprised. I thought you were going to come in as a hater, but I'm oh, surprised. Oh, no. It, well... Just wait. (laughs) Uh, I thought it was a collection of great moments. I don't think it was really a great cohesive movie. I thought there was a lot of questionable plot points. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the time hold time traveling thing. I know they kind of like made fun of it with the references to the other movies, but I don't think they did a good job of explaining their own thing. I like I didn't even just watching it. I really didn't even get what was going on with like the branches and all that. Like I kind of understood, but it still didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I 
one big thing, one big question I had was, like, having two characters alive at the same time. Like, how did, like, where did Cap, the frozen <laughs> Captain stop. America go? All right, we're going to get into time travel in a second, though. So my initial reaction is basically the same as Evans, which is that when I first walked out of the theater, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But then once the lo- once you try to parse any of the logic of the film out, it completely collapses in on itself. It makes no narrative sense whatsoever, right? Like, if you try to apply the slightest bit of logic to this film, it, it devolves. That being st- said, I still actually really liked the film. I watched it twice. I watched it twice and I actually liked it a lot better the second time around because I kind of knew what was happening and I could sit with it a little bit more. And then if you are a regular reader for the win, you'll notice that I wrote like 5,000 words on Endgame. So all of my problems with the movie I have written about. <laughs> okay, so we have some, <laughs> we have some like beef of the week between <laughs> two people in this room. Yeah, we do. We do have a beef so, of the week. Hemel spoiled the movie for me. <laughs> So I'm going to break the scenery down. Uh, Friday morning, it was Hemel, Sunday. It was was it Sunday? It was yeah. Sunday. It was Sunday. Come on, Sunday morning. <laughs> Sunday morning. Hemo wrote a post in the headline. It didn't, but it did say. So the headline said. Uh, so the headline said, uh, Tony Stark had the pitch perfect ending in Avengers Endgame. And Steven thought that was a spoiler. No, it was Iron Man's ending. Iron Man's ending. That, me, well, I had, hadn't seen the movie. And once I saw that, I was like, okay, Iron Man died. See? And guess what happened? <laughs> Iron Man died. So, and like, the first comment under the tweet was, isn't, what, was it, what was it like? It was, yeah. why would you put this in a headline? Why would you put Hashtag this in a headline? don't so here's, spoil the endgame. So here's my thing. I don't think that was a spoiler at all because, to me, a pitch-perfect ending for him would actually have been if he'd actually been alive. But narratively, this was pitch perfect. Both of y'all called it that he would die. Yeah. we I I called two things. I called Iron Man going back in time to be with Peggy, too, and oh. him sacrificing. I was all over this movie. <laughs> Hold on. I was, too, though. No, you were. I said. Captain Marvel saving uh, Captain Iron Marvel, Man. yeah. You had that. You Avengers had Avengers Assemble. Assemble. Yeah. Yeah. I had some stuff now. So I feel like we all did a really good job of parsing out really big plot points. But... Let's. Do you guys want to talk about? Wait, we need an impartial judge. Did she spoil the movie? So I'm not going to be the one who said this, but I asked my girlfriend at, when this happened, and she said yes, him will spoil it. But she was saying if a person didn't know much about the movie, then they wouldn't have got like that. It was a spoiler. But yeah. if people who knew the movie. Like if like, you, it's a clear spoiler. But that's the people you're ruining it <laughs> so, for. So, the people that are anticipating so, it, like somebody me. Somebody like you spoiled it, but somebody like Michelle who doesn't watch it, right? It so, wouldn't be a spoiler. But those aren't the people that are going to be upset about having the more yeah. the movie spoiled. Yeah, so yeah. it was a, it was spoilery. Hamill should feel bad. <laughs> I do feel bad. I changed it because <laughs> the last thing I want to do is spoil it for people. But I thought that that was a I needed some emotion in the headline. So whatever, I guess. Steven, I don't even, I'm not even going to say Steven's right. I'm going to say Steven should have watched the movie earlier. I, I was working. The draft was this weekend. I wrote like 10,000 words about the draft over the weekend. I know you did. You actually did write. You did a ton of work and then managed to sit through three hours of Endgame. Uh, all right. Let me ask some brief questions. Who had the best character end in Endgame? Between Tony and... Well, well, Tony, Black Widow, Endgame, uh, Captain America, 
So I was Hawkeye. <laughs> I would say Black Widow. I'm, oh, only really? because I knew Captain America uh, Iron Man's ending was coming. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, I would say <laughs> No, I'm going to go with Iron Man. I'm going to go with Iron Man. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Cap because a lot of things we questioned with him like even though we didn't get to see it like he finally got it. He finally got the woman, finally <laughs> pushed through. So like he finally got to live the life that he was frozen out of. So I will I think that the best character arc end is Iron Man. It was the one that obviously made me saddest and I hated Cap's end. I I talked about this in my post which is that emotionally I see what they were going for which is that they wanted to give Steve Rogers and Captain America a happy ending and really the only way they can do that is by sending him back in time but I agree with Steven it's like how does this work he's just chilling at home being a dad while all this terrible stuff is happening and where's the frozen version of him well the frozen version is like in ice like it's frozen but yeah but he comes back at the end so does yeah. that frozen guy get unfrozen like I guess it would be 10 years ago and are they just living simultaneously so, what, so hold on so- <laughs> we got three possible Captain Americas alive at one time oh yeah because Sam Wilson no it, you no. think about the one on the bridge that uh, he hit with Loki's uh Oh, yeah, I don't so know. There's, so here's the thing. So, yeah, you're right. There's three. There's potentially three Caps alive. There's old Cap. There is a Cap who doesn't go back in time and is just chilling. And then there is uh, the Cap that is in the actual <laughs> timeline. So, anyway, my point is that the Captain America storyline makes no flipping sense whatsoever. I'm changing my answer back to Black Widow because <laughs> you could argue that Iron Man's ending doesn't really make sense. Because, first of all, how did he get the... Oh, how did he how get this? Switch, switch him? He so, just like pulled him out. And why didn't he just do that last movie? But well, I he think didn't have the glove. He, I think because just he, make the glove. <laughs> no, I think because he made it like it was his uh his uh gauntlet. Yeah, like he probably had some type of like. So he made so the Infinity Stones already know where they're supposed to be on Iron Man's gauntlet because they've been there before when Hulk snaps his fingers. Mm-hmm. So. But and then that's I have another point. Why did he have to do it? Couldn't he have just taken the glove, thrown it to Hulk, and let him do the snap? No one dies now. No, but he Hulk's didn't hand have... was messed up after the first time. Yeah, he has two hands. But okay, this is right hand. Well, not even that. No, not even that. But it definitely is more that, like, there was absolutely no time left, right? And you see Doctor Strange give the one, which means that this is the only way for it to end, which is that there's no time to dilly-dally about who's actually going to snap their fingers. He Why? had one shot. Why is there no time? There because was... he... Well, also, you can't hold on to them for that long, I don't think. Because they were... just grabs He's... the thing. And how come Hawkeye could hold the, the soul stone? Because he thought... was not holding all of them. I thought you could, yeah, but in the first uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, just touching the purple one, they almost all died. Because they were touching it barehanded. This movie didn't make a lot of sense. So what so I'm saying, Hawkeye. so the point is that, like, yes, <laughs> uh, a lot of narrative things don't really make sense, but the biggest freaking narrative gap is Cap traveling back in time. Like, I cannot, the mental gymnastics you have to do to get that to make sense are it, it just all falls apart. And then how did he get, get the soul stone back to where it was? It doesn't matter. That like we're not talking about that. So what that's do you have why to say? I said like remember what uh last week when I was like like where does he go from here? Like yeah. now they don't have to force him into any type yeah. of story. That's why I felt like his story was the best because like now we're we're done we're done with Cap. Yeah, we're done with Cap. And it's not like Iron Man like you know, they're gonna mourn his death and probably yeah. another move like Spider Man 
Spider-Man Far From Home. to have it. Yes. So, but I think Cap, like, we don't have to have any more uh, of Cap in there. I think you're right. I think that you said this last time, too, which is that that story had narratively run its course, and they needed a way to kind of gracefully sunset him. And I think they should have done one of two things. They should have either just had the last shot be him and Peggy dancing and then not bring him back into the future, Mm -hmm. or they should have brought him back into the future, shown us his wedding ring, and then not shown the shot of them dancing. Like, I think when you try to put the two together, it it doesn't make any sense. I just looked at it and was like, cool, he's done. Sam is the new cap, and we're going to learn everything about it. And and also, what ruined the movie for me was the TV shows, because... Oh, yeah, because you know what's coming. Like, once I saw Hawkeye and Black Widow together, I was like, well, she's dead. Oh, yeah, I didn't put that together, actually. Because her movie is a prequel. Yeah. His movie is about him and his daughter, how did you feel about him opening up the movie? That, I was ready to walk out of the theater. I was like, <laughs> you're opening on Hawkeye? And you know when they were like panning through all the people at yeah. Tony Stark's funeral? It it lingered on his family for a bit. And I was like, they're going to end it on him too? <laughs> they didn't end it on him though. They ended it like you saw a yeah, whole I bunch know. of people after. Yeah, yeah, they moved after that. And then uh, I was really rooting for Black Widow in that fight. Oh. I mean, I guess I was rooting against her. So you thought, but you thought she had a really good end because I thought she didn't have a good end. No, yeah, I, I just thought the other two were like had too many plot holes around yeah. them. And, also, uh, oh, and then one more thing about the Captain America thing before you move on. Does Sam Wilson take the take the steroids? Like, how does he how does he become <laughs> Captain America? Or is he just he's a guy just with like, a shield? He's just a guy with a shield. <laughs> he just wanted his black friend to have. <laughs> something of him before he left he's like right. here's this terrible job here okay here's my thing about this this whole captain america timeline right going back in time to 1945 for anybody who is not a white guy is a terrible move right like i as a woman it's gonna suck for me to go back to 1945 mm-hmm. not that it's great right now as a black guy it's gonna suck for you to go back to 1945 so to present them as this like weird idyllic thing completely ignores race, which is what Marvel films do all the time is that they just don't think about race. Also, I would be really disappointed if Steve Rogers like does not become like a crazy civil rights leader or socialist that like works for social justice because he's just going back to when racism and sexism are OK and he's just going to sit it all out. Come on. Yeah, that's what I was. That's yeah. my same thought. I was like, <laughs> why would you want to go back to 1945? Yes! Off of Peggy. <laughs> Just go with her uh, her niece. Just <laughs> <laughs> was, but she wasn't even in this movie. No, she wasn't. It's Anyway, I think they had to do a lot of like restructuring to get the Peggy Steve thing to work. I out. have a question for Hemel, because you're the only one qualified to answer this question. How did you feel about the scene during the last battle with the women? Oh, my God. I thought it was kind of pandering. I thought that it was... If they had given Black Widow a better death or a better storyline, I think I would have been okay with it. But when I saw the scene, it very much felt contrived and not as organic as the scene in Infinity War. Like the scene in Infinity War, you know, where she where Black Widow comes in and she says she's not alone feels like organic and awesome. And then they're going to like kick butt. This felt like pandering. I also think that because they've messed up the whole Scarlet Witch character because they're She's supposed to be, she's probably the second or third strongest Avenger. Yeah. So I guess they were like, hey, let's make her look as strong. Like, you know, continue to make it seem like she has a chance to beat Thanos. I didn't mind the all women saving Mm -hmm. Peter Parker thing. I thought 
that was actually kind of cute. I mean, I thought it was pandering, but the fact that they were all like rallying around Peter was cute. Yeah, I thought it was a good moment that they probably needed to have, but they could have done it more again. Definitely it didn't stuff. make sense. Like these people just coming, they were like fighting elsewhere and they were yeah. like, oh yeah, we got to join this women's, um. this women's march. <laughs> <laughs> the women's march against Thanos. <laughs> All right, so we have talked a little bit about like some of the plot holes. I would say again, overall, I really liked it. I think it'll. I'll have to see it a couple more times to see where it ranks. I couldn't do it. That's about a hundred dollars you about to give up to Marvel. Well, I can use my movie pass, but I'm not going to watch Ooh. it right now. But here's my my question. So we end on a slightly more positive note. Did you have like a favorite moment in the film that you were like, oh, this is actually fantastic. I really like this. When uh, they go see Thor. And he's in his man cave. Oh, we haven't even talked about Fat I Thor. Totally disagree. I did not what? like that. I did not. I like hated that. it. I Why hated would it. you turn? I'm Thor. not talking about Fat Thor. You're talking about Korg. I'm talking about <laughs> Korg being the movie oh. playing. Uh, what is it? Uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> like that was I, a good part. That was a good part for me. But why would you ruin the Thor character? Like yeah. you've been spending this whole time building well, him up, and then he's just a fat slob. At, he he let himself go because he felt like he was depressed. He felt like he was the reason they lost. Yeah. You could be depressed and not become a slob. I here's the thing: the fat Thor thing is really, I think it's questionable because. One of the things movies do is like make somebody get fat and then magically they lose the weight and become hot again. They just kept him overweight throughout the entire thing, which I thought was actually kind of interesting because just because he got fat doesn't mean that he wasn't worthy of the hammer. It just meant that he was depressed. Okay, if we're going to favorite part, definitely when Cap got the hammer. Oh, like, I went crazy yeah. over that. Oh, oh, I hated that. What? What? Why is he all of a sudden? That's no, he, in, in the comics, he's one of the few people who can actually yield it, though. Uh, so, I, I don't care about the comics. I don't read comics. <laughs> you don't like source I, material? <laughs> I watch the movies. <laughs> you don't like the source? The best part, my favorite part, was when they brought everyone in like through the portals. That yeah. was the best part. That was oh, like boy, the culmination of the whole series. Um, I agree with both of those parts. They were amazing. And I'm tempted. I'm tempted to not have Cap be my favorite. It's not my absolute favorite moment. I loved all the Tony Stark stuff. I think like Tony Stark is probably my favorite character, but it cannot go unmentioned that they did a whole thing about America's ass. Like I thought that was hilarious. And that was very good Marvel humor. Another thing, when Black Panther showed up, I was doing the chant. Like, I couldn't help myself. Like, I was <laughs> from Wakanda. Theater? I was from Wakanda for like that 20 seconds. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, all right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us and talking about sports and Avengers Endgame. Ooh, boy, boy. See you guys.